Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Mercer Island, Washington. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Her Money. Welcome to Episode 7 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we explore how women create a meaningful and abundant life on her terms. As a certified financial planning professional, wealth advisor, author, and speaker with over 30 years experience, professional women hire me to gain the right knowledge, confidence, and commitment to prepare for planned and unplanned changes that inevitably happen as they pursue their version of a wealthy life. And of course, a wealthy life is not just about how much money we have in the bank. True wealth is found through pursuing a balance of all things that are important to each one of us. The mission of my show is to engage in casual yet deep conversations with experts who are living a wealthy life on her terms and will explore what it means to live a wealthy life and learn specific ways that our guests are doing just that. As a certified financial planning professional, I'll be sharing tips and ideas to help you have the money you need to pursue your own version of a wealthy life. I'm so happy you're all listening today because we're going to talk about how couples often disagree about money and my guest is going to help us learn some good conflict hygiene when it comes to talking about money. But before I introduce her, I want to tell you a story about my client, Sandy. You know, she always thought she would just finish college, get married, and leave managing the family's finances to her husband, just like her mother and father did. She was more interested in focusing on her own career and starting a family. But you know, that's not how her life turned out. She didn't end up getting married until age 38, after she'd already built a successful career as a human resources specialist for a large corporation. And so she had to learn how to manage her own money. And then when she married Sean, who he really loved working for his nonprofit dedicated to improving lives, Sandy was making more than Sean which took some getting used to for both of them. So Sandy is now comfortable taking charge of the finances, while Sean, who had been the breadwinner in a previous marriage, told me that you know their role reversal was taking some getting used to for him. They struggled some in their early lives together, their early marriage, and they even consulted a, con a counselor so that they could learn to understand their own early programming around money and why they had conflict, why they seemed to disagree. 
and why the different roles that they were now playing in this marriage was causing them to feel stress and even unhappiness. You see, because their, their life with their money was different than they thought it was going to be. So Sandy and Sean ended up learning some really great communication tools. And now they do a pretty good job talking about their money and, and making these financial choices together. But as we know, the women's economic contribution to the household is increasing, isn't it? Women are dual earner in dual earner households, and they bring in at least half of the family income, and, and over 25% of women earn more than their partners. So this new reality is impacting every aspect of a couple's life but particularly the choices they make in how they save money, spend it, and invest it as a couple. And it also can impact what they worry about, what they fight about, and how happy they say they are in their relationship. The problem seems to be that no matter who earns the most in the relationship, that person seems to feel entitled to take the more active role in planning and managing the family finances. And the other partner might be happy with that, that arrangement, or they might not be. You know, in my practice, women continue to seem to hang back when it comes to making bold investment decisions. While they seem to want to take the lead in paying the bills and managing the monthly family budget. So as women take on more responsibility and therefore more stress, both spouses may struggle to figure out, okay, what's a fair dif division of labor when it comes to handling the money? No matter which person makes more money than the other person, money remains the top source of friction for couples, couples overall, with spending a particularly contentious issue. So how many of you listening can relate to this conflict over money in your relationship, either the one you have now or maybe one you had in the past? Even as couples report being compatible as a couple, research, research shows that when it comes to money, they are really not necessarily on the same page. They often don't agree about who's going to do what, the financial skills that each one brings to the relationship, or really even understand what truly matters to their partner. But couples who make discussing their financial goals and having regular conversations about money, those couples who make that a priority and who think about things more in a strategic way instead of a reactive way, what they report is that they have a lot more success in pursuing their version of a wealthy life. So I want to tell you what I invite my clients to, to do, the following five tips. And because it's important when we're talking about how do we structure the spending plan and the investment plan and make sure all our ducks are in a row, we want to be on the same page as a couple. So here's five tips that I'll share with you today. Number one, it can help if you make your money conversation like a business meeting. Reports and, and surveys still show that almost half of all couples who are married regularly fight about money. 
but it doesn't really have to be that way. Because when you think about, okay, bringing up the question about how your spouse uses the credit card while you're making dinner together, that might be a recipe for another fight. But instead, you can make an appointment for a money discussion, like a business meeting, and you can create an agenda and make a set of rules that both of you agree to. And then you can also talk about just one or two aspects of your financial situation at a time. Maybe one meeting you talk about the family budget, and then another meeting you put reviewing the 401k on the agenda. We want to make sure that the conversations aren't too overwhelming. I also suggest kind of setting up a regular schedule for money discussion, say maybe once a month or every other Saturday morning. Remember this, what you focus on expands. If you focus on the conflict, it will get bigger. But if you focus on caring for your money, like you're caring for your garden right now, then you can definitely bear fruit in the future. Tip number two, discuss your individual money blueprints. Now on last week's podcast, I talked about our unconscious money blueprint. Those are the messages that we receive about money growing up that are still uh, impacting us as we make decisions. So was money tight when you were growing up? Are you worried about whether you spend too much or whether you're saving too little? So talk about how each one of you feel about these types of issues and really listen. Share your memories about money with each other so that you understand where the other one is coming from. And listen with patience and understanding. That'll help reduce friction and frustration and help you create more harmony with your money. Tip number three, take a collaborative approach. You can define the role that each partner will play in your overall financial strategy. So who's going to contribute how much to the family budget? You can clarify and acknowledge the value of each other's contribution. You can figure out how to equalize the balance of power. And this really helps set the foundation for sharing your decision making. Tip number four is to talk about your financial goals, of course, and to do it all the time. Because the more we talk out loud about our goals, the more creative we can become on different ways to pursue them. So when both people agree and are excited about the same goals, like whether it's traveling in retirement or becoming debt-free, maybe leaving a sizable donation to a favorite charity, setting goals as a couple can be really, really fun and exciting, and it will focus your attention on the steps you need to learn to take so you can actually have those goals. And then finally, tip number five is full disclosure. You know, when it comes to talking about money, don't hold anything back. Encourage honesty and accept that each person is just learning and anyone can make a mistake here and there. So being open and honest about how you really feel about money and what you really need creates that intimacy and trust that we're all looking for in our relationships. And of course, hire an experienced and dependable financial advisor because they're trained, like I am, to provide helpful direction and targeted solutions as you work through your money priorities. 
collaborating with a professional and making your money conversation really important is how you create a wealthy life. And if you find yourself someday being off track or unable to find your way to that harmony around money that you really desire, you're going to want to know the name of my next guest. Marianne Marlowe is the founder of thisloveworks.com, psychotherapy, workshops, and retreats. Marianne worked in corporate team development for 15 years with some of the largest tech companies in the country. She says, quote, I wanted to really understand what makes great relationships work to help people find freedom and joy and the most elevated relationship ever. I want my clients to experience world-class relationships, unquote. So now, as a relationship therapist for almost 20 years, Marianne sits with couples during the most challenging times in their relationships. She asks questions that facilitate understanding, healing, and change. And Marianne studied with the foremost relationship and trauma experts in the country to learn how to heal the nervous system and start the process of healing relationships. She personally studies and implements the most proven, lasting, and secure psychological and spiritual relationship practices available today. As a relationship therapist, Marianne listens and gives her clients tools to overcome limiting beliefs that keep them from achieving their most important relationship goals. Through open and honest communication, she challenges couples to acknowledge each other's intrinsic wholeness and worth so they can cultivate strong, genuine connections. I was looking at her landing page of her brand new website that she's about to launch, and this is what Marianne says, quote, you deserve to be number one, to, to have someone who has your back, someone to stand for you even when you can't do so for yourself. That's what we all want in our relationship. Learn how to give it and get it. I partner with people like you who want to achieve the most elevated relationship ever, unquote. And on that beautiful note, let me welcome a very treasured friend of mine to our program today. Thank you for being with us today, Marianne Marlowe. Well, thank you, Teresa. Some of what you've said is just, um, you know, really on target and helps me to have my North Star for the work that I do. Um, it's, it's so important uh, for us to remember who we are as couples and why we get involved in relationships. And uh, some, of what I, some of what I talk about in my practice might sound a bit controversial because um, I really focus on attachment and secure connection within relationships. And some people have a misunderstanding about what that really means with our individuated lifestyles. You know, lifestyles that we that we create for the most successful work and the most successful families and the most successful relationships. But we do that often by striving for what we believe is right on our own. Um, but really what we agree to do in relationship at the very beginning is to be connected and to take care of each other. 
So, you know, when I read that quote that from your website, you know, I really resonated with that. Oh, have someone have your back and someone who's committed to your growth as well as their own growth. I mean, it just sounds so wonderful and enticing. And, you know, you know, my husband and my relationship, um, I'd like to think that we actually have that, but it, it, it has come with, you know, a lot of awareness and commitment and conversation. But what would you say, what do couples need to know in order to have such a relationship that you're describing? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, uh, Teresa. I think I get a lot of questions about uh, that interrelatedness and the distinction between that and codependency, right? Because as a culture um, and as smart people, we've learned a lot about codependency. Um, you know that that when we give up a part of ourselves for somebody else, um, when we give up our own sense of independence, and we we ignore the reasons that we got into our relationship to begin with. And so um, I think, you know, we've got to remember and remind ourselves about why we got connected in the first place and that, uh, you know, we got into a relationship to support each other and to live uh, each other's lives, to be with each other, to forgive each other from all those little transgressions that we have at the very beginning, you know, the laundry on the floor, the toilet seat, uh, the late night work offenses mm -hmm. and uh, valuing the approval of others more than valuing uh, yourself. Well, that's the definition of codependency. And so I talk a lot about moving away from codependency to interdependency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, couples fight, you, you brought up money. I think that's so important because Couples generally fight about, you know, that these are the top five things that I hear about in my office uh, pretty regularly. And, uh, and the and first if you one. Don't mind just for a second, I'm going to take a moment to give us a little break here. And when we come back, we are going to dive right in to those five things that people fight about, specifically money. So don't go away. We'll be right back to a wealthy life for her with Teresa Leftenant and Marianne Marlowe. It can be easy to misjudge your spending when your financial picture changes. Being organized can help relieve feelings of stress and uncertainty around cash flow and can give you confidence that you are using your financial resources as effectively as possible. Join Teresa Leftenant on Facebook for her How to Create an Emergency Spending Plan video series. Your personal financial planner guiding you to create a wealthy life. Teresa Leftenant believes that women deserve to reinvent their financial lives from avoidance and confusion to clarity and commitment by creating a wealthy money mindset and informed financial planning skill set. Without an understanding of their early money programming, women will continue to create the same unwanted financial circumstances. If you truly want to change your relationship and results with money, you must face what you really think and feel about money and transform it. Ready to change your mind about money? Visit reinventinghermoney.com to schedule a chat with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. 
And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her, where my guest, Marianne Marlowe, psychotherapist, is going to um, help us understand more about how we can um, learn some conflict hygiene when it comes to the inevitable conflicts we have around money, but also in other areas of our relationship. So Marianne, we were just about to go into the five areas that, you know, couples seem to fight about. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so you know, we we tend to fight about uh, money. You, you mentioned money is one of those top five things, and and that's universally true. We also fight about kids, or if we don't have kids, we fight about what what we call thirds, right? All the other things that are outside of just the two of you, and so those things could be parents, or good friends, or people who are important to us. The third thing is that we oftentimes will fight about mess. If couples are, are misaligned around order and orderliness, uh, that's a big topic that, that couples fight about all the time. And of course, sex. You know, we've got to be uh, in alignment with sex and what each of us wants in sex. And when we're misaligned, then we've got to figure out ways to close the gap on, on managing that as a couple. And then the fifth thing that we find that we, we fight about regularly is work or, or how to use free time. Ah. Um, and so when we know as, uh, as good stewards of relationship that those are the top five things and we're going to fight about them, it helps to sort of normalize things to understand that, you know, every couple fights about this, we can expect that we're all going to come to this at some point. So, you know, we can help to come back to how do we want to show up as a couple? What is it that we want to do uh, in order for us to have a good relationship and, and to be a good relationship example in the world? What I find so reassuring about this is that, you know, I used to think that my problems in my relationship was was my only me, that I was the only one <laughs> that, you know, fought about these things. So it's really reassuring to know that this is kind of typical for all couples, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I think what you're talking about is so true for us. We, we tend to uh, feel quite isolated, especially when we have conflict in relationship. And that isolation really drives us underground, oftentimes connecting us all to our fear and our shame, which then you know, we want to hide that. And it prevents us from reaching out and talking to people who love us and who can help us, maybe people who have had some of the same rela relationship issues, because as I point out, everybody has them. So we can reach out to the people who care about us. And when that doesn't work or when we are uncomfortable with that, then there's professionals for us to reach out to. So tell, uh, help me understand a little bit more about the progression of, um, you know, in a, in a relationship of the, uh, you know, our money conversations. I mean, definitely there's, there's past history from how we were raised, but I also think how we interact as a couple has a, a, a lot to do with how we, we um, talk about money or how we conflict about money. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I talk to my people, my, the couples that I see in my office and those that I interact with in, in groups is you've got to know good conflict hygiene, right? Um, in other words, keep it clean. We, we've got to be able to uh, fight fair. 
And I think it's important to remember neuroscience. It's one of the things that I've studied. Uh, you know, when my husband and I were having trouble, I went back to, you know, I had been a, a, a psychotherapist for five or six years and we had a rough patch and we had a really hard time finding somebody that we could both work with. And so I just went back and I rededicated myself to studying uh, all of the, the biggies in the field. And I really settled on neuroscience and attachment. And so one of the things we have to remember when we're doing conflict and fighting fair is we've got to remember how the brain works. And the brain works. We are wired for, certainly we're wired for love and connection, but we're also, when we hit that fear response, we're wired for, for war. We're wired for keeping and protecting ourselves um, at all costs, which don't necessarily make us particularly friendly. And so we have to remember that. And so one of the tips that I talk about with fighting fair is really first understanding what you're really fighting about. So it's easy for me to get all caught up, you know, when my husband goes and visits with his friends or, um, you know, does something, goes for a drive on his own to really get pissed at that action, right? So now I'm pissed about him going out with his buddies or, you know, he spent the whole Saturday away from me. But what I'm really, what I'm really upset and hurt by is that I wanted to spend time with him and I didn't say so. And so he replaced, right, in my mind, the story that I make up is that he replaced me and is doing something else, right? So we've got to be really clear about what we're fighting about. And that sometimes really means an internal conversation. Boy, that's got to be some, that's some of the hardest thing to figure out is what I'm really mad about, because it's it's usually about our internal uh, something going on internally, as opposed to the external. And we just want to make it about that. That's right. That's right. Because it's easy for us to fight about the thing that's, you know, the thing that's right in front of us. Right. It's easy to fight about, you know, him going out and not paying attention to me. It's much more challenging and more responsible to go inside to see what is it that I'm really responding to here. Mm -hmm. um, this, the second thing I think that's really important for us to remember is that, you know, we're, we're in this together. And so we've got to be able to be friendly and show friendliness, even when we're ticked off at each other, right? That it's important for us to give cues to our partner uh, that we're still we're still on their side. Because the one thing that I that I really talk about with couples is that no matter what kind of conflict you have, no matter what kind of transgressions you have, you both have to be on the same side in order to make a decision about how to manage it. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, you've got to kind of reach your hand out and be friendly um, and remember that you can still compliment and you can still tease while still being very clear that you're unhappy with whatever, whatever it is that you're unhappy about, right? I can still say, oh, I love that shirt on you, honey. Um, and I'm really pretty pissed about what happened yesterday, right? Yeah, you, can, right. you can say both. The third thing that's really, really important to remember is that we have to have early repair. As soon as I understand what I'm triggered by, I've got to fix it fast. Otherwise, our brain is wired to start creating stories about it. And now I'm not creating just a story about you. I'm creating a story about how you're going to hurt me next. 
-hmm. right? Because when that part of my brain is triggered, I'm keeping myself safe. And the way that we do that in the most primitive part of our brain, the way that we keep ourselves safe is to pay attention to the enemy. So now the glasses that I put on, the lens through which I look is that you are unsafe for me. And so how are we going to, how are we going to do this, right? You, we know now everything that I hear from you is through the lens of you being my enemy. So we've got to be really careful to approach ourselves, to approach our, our partner as soon as we know what's going on so that we can have early repair in relationship. You know, the fourth thing that I talk about is, especially now in our digital world, it's very easy to do this, but it's very important for us to have these conflict discussions face-to-face, -face, not over text, ah. not over email, not on Facebook, and not on the phone. And, you know, I sometimes, in, in order for me to get clear, I've got to journal what I'm doing. And sometimes, you know, I'll just put it in a Word document or I'll, I'll even write it in, in an email without sending it so that I can offload what's bothering me. But I can't then use that document to send to my husband because we get so much information. You know, we're, we're creatures of connection and we get so much information by looking into each other's eyes and being with each other, right? That's part of why we're getting so much Zoom fatigue. Everybody <laughs> right now, right? Right. Um, so we get so much information by looking at each other. And what's really important about that information is that what it can help me to see is when my partner starts getting what I call dysregulated, right? Starts getting outside of uh, where he can really be in the same room, use his brain, because when we start to get flooded, I can't think. I become overwhelmed all the information that's starting to come at me is, uh, you know, sort of like nonsense or word salad. I can't concentrate. It sounds like, you know, uh, the Charlie Brown teacher voice. Um, and what I really need to pay attention to is paying attention to my own response, but also what's happening in the face and in the eyes of my partner. Mm. I want to, you know, it's my responsibility, especially if I want to communicate what it is that I'm in conflict around, I've got to be able to make sure that he's in the same room with me so that we can keep talking about what it is and we can offer each other relief. When he starts to, you know, when I see his eyes glaze over, I can bring him back. I can, you know, make make a little, uh, I can make a little joke or I can, you know, comment and bring him back with me. Ah. The, the, fifth, uh, the fifth and final uh, thing that I talk to couples about is to remember to put a time limit on your argument mm. and have the whatever conflict you have, be able to talk about it at a time when you are both able to think, right? Again, we've got to make sure that we can help each other to stay in the room. And so when we put a time limit on it, it prevents us from getting overly fatigued when I can't think clearly. And then after the uh, conflict, after that's over, right? Because we want to have a win-win. We want to be able to know how are we going to each get a little something out of this. We've got to be able to acknowledge our partner and then review how it went, right? I want to be able to say my to my husband, listen, I really appreciate 
how attentive you were to my needs and how kindly you spoke about that thing that was really tender for me. Mm-hmm. And that kind of a review process can be very, very helpful uh, with couples because it brings us back to that understanding. We're in this together, right? We're on the same side of this. What are we going to do as a couple about this particular issue? So it really is learning how to fight. But in this case, it's learning how to communicate about issues or problems or in a way that that makes everybody feel heard, feel like they can actually win, you know, right. and and so that it doesn't turn into into that horrible feeling like like all I did was lose from this conversation. And that right. builds up resentment t- over time, doesn't it? Well, sure. And, you know, the thing is, I really think that when we have those, those, you know, I won, you lost kinds of uh, arguments. Right. That doesn't feel good for anybody. You know, I know that I walk away feeling kind of, you know, crummy. And uh, I I certainly know that if if somebody else is on the, you know, if I'm on the losing side, that really feels bad. Right. but if I'm on the, you know, fake win side, that also doesn't feel good because, you know, re- remembering what we're doing, I'm there to support my partner and, you know, my, my husband, and I really do want him to know that I am by his side, even when, you know, we're, we're having a different perspective about whatever it is that we're, you know, focused on. That's very, I can very important. definitely take this conversation in many different directions, but what I, where I want to go next after after the break is I want to uh, help our listeners take what you have shared with us, which is gold, by the way. I hope people listen to this over and over because it's such a great framework for a successful relationship. So I want to take what you've shared with us and apply it to that money conflict Um, you know, um, specifically. So stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back to A Wealthy Life for Her. Teresa Love Tennant encourages women to talk openly about money by providing virtual and live talking circles where members come together in a spirit of trust, respect, and mutual support. Reinventing Her Money also provides financial education, workshops, webinars, speaking events, and transformational experiences to companies and organizations. If your group would like Teresa Love Tennant to speak or facilitate a financial topic for your women's group, Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. 79% of Americans report they've been financially impacted by the economic fallout from coronavirus. Join Teresa Leftene on Facebook to watch how to create an emergency spending plan video series. Learn the steps to reduce both required and discretionary expenses. Reduce your stress by taking charge of your spending. Real steps and real advice by a certified financial planning professional and money coach for pursuing a wealthy life. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150.
Hello again. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where I'm talking to psychotherapist Marianne Marlowe, uh, owner, founder of This Love Works. And so we've been talking about good conflict hygiene, and we've just had a really wonderful explanation about how we can take difficult conversations and turn them into uh, win-win um, ability to be more intimate. So let's turn the attention now, Marianne, to the whole conflict about money. And I tell you, you know, the statistics say that, you know, this is the number one conflict between couples, and it really does lead to divorce because couples really are so triggered, they're so emotionally impacted by the whole idea of money. I mean, everything about life seems to have an aspect of money and we can forget uh, how, why we got into this uh, relationship when it comes to feeling threatened around our financial resources. So how do you work with your clients around the conflict with money? Well, I think that's a really important thing, and and I think why it comes up as the number one thing because I hear it I hear it a lot as well um, is because it really goes to our survival instinct, right? That money really represents for us uh, resources, and and when we when we talk about uh, survival instincts, and you know we can pull up Maslow here, um, our world gets very very narrow. Right. And so what that then means, again, is that uh, we go back into that primitive part of our brain uh, to ensure our survival. And so because money represents survival for many of us, um, then and if we have conflict around it, and I think that in some way my partner doesn't have the same belief about it, then then my very survival is threatened. And I think that that's part of why. You know, we we fight uh, about money so much as uh, as couples. Um, we need to have resources, and we need to have the currency to buy those resources. And so, you know, for a couple, I think it's really important to examine well, what is what does money really represent for each of you? Because it may be different, right? I'm sure you hear some of that as well. Well, I'll tell you what what I had to learn about getting married. Because I had money from a very early age because I started working at age 15. And so yeah. I started learning, okay, this is my money. When I got married, I had the attitude, well, I have my money and then we have our money. Uh, but my money yeah. is not your money. Right, you know? right. And so I had, I really had to work on realizing there's my money, your money, and our money. And we get to figure out how all that works. It seems so simple. And yet there's these um, beliefs that we have that override, you know, thinking clearly, it seems like. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it does override our ability to think clearly, right? Because we're using a different part of the brain. That's a, a really important thing, right? That when we're thinking clearly, when we have expansiveness, when we can be attuned to our partner, when we can really understand that what I'm triggered by is not really, you know, money, it's about my beliefs around it, then we can have a very different kind of conversation, right? And oftentimes what I'll start with couples, whether it's um, about money, certainly that's what we're talking about today, or whatever it happens to be, you know, is imagine that you're on the other side of this. 
what are your overarching goals, right? Like, what is it that you really want here? Um, what is it that you want as a couple? And I heard you talk about that early on, right? You've got to be able to kind of go to the end and then work backwards, right? So if people are talking about working with you to get their retirement uh, straight, what is it that uh, they need to understand about their partner with regard to what that means, right? Because if I want to live in, um, you know, a high rise is somewhere in a big city and my husband's idea of you know, our end game for for our money is to live near a stream so he can go fishing every day. We need to get on the same page with that. Well, I actually have that in my relationship. I have, uh, my husband wants to live on a sailboat in retirement and I want to live somewhere else. So, you know, <laughs> we've had to learn how to navigate that and compromise because what's important to us is that we're together. So that means that he has to give a little, little, I have to give a little. But that, I mean, I don't think that it's, uh, just as we were saying before, that there's many things that couples have in common in terms of what they conflict over. It's true that many people have different goals for what they want to spend their money on, and they can still work out an agreement, and they can still reach harmony about that. Well, absolutely. And that's kind of the point, right? And I love what you said, Teresa, that the main thing for you is the main thing is that you stay together. That's that's it. And I think we as couples forget that, you know, go back to the very beginning of the relationship. And, and that's one of the things that I oftentimes do, right? I'll remind couples, what is it? What were your goals when you first got together? Mm-hmm. What? How did you plan to spend your money then, right? There was definitely, we were talking about a whole lot more um, it, with expansiveness and friendliness at the beginning of our relationship. And we learn to dream for the relationship. And so how do you dream and use your resources in that dream to talk about money? So I think you've got to start with the end in mind, right? You've got to figure out what is it that as a couple, you really want as a couple, right? Um, in order to you know, find the common ground and then you can work back because once you have an understanding of what the main thing is, right? Like you said, the main thing is that we stay together. Well, we might have different ideas about where to live, but we know that the main thing is that we want to be together. That's where to start. And so what, what I know about working with couples around financial decisions is that, as I said in the beginning, there are inevitable changes. And so learning a set of skills of communication around uh, all of this so that, okay, so this goal may not happen when we thought it was going to happen or it's going to look different. I mean, that is what happens, you know, life happens while you're planning something else. And we have to work on that. We have to, we have to consider that as we're uh, talking, what is, what is the plan B? What else could we do? Right. And, and again, you know, basically having that understanding of how to manage conflict is going to take you through whatever it is that you're going to be looking at. Um, and I also then recommend to couples after you've had this really hard conversation about money and you've gotten on the other side of it, pay attention to how you did what you did. Right. What are the steps that you took in order to stay friendly with each other? What was the trigger point that really kind of stopped you both in your tracks? And what were the steps that you did to get through that? I I loved what you said earlier, you know, maybe choose times, keep it like a business meeting, which means, you know, we don't fight about it until three o'clock in the morning. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And also we choose only two things to talk about. We're not going to throw everything into the kitchen sink because that's not manageable. So once you've had the conversation, allow yourselves to do what, what I call a plan do review. Um, the process can be applied to all your issues around money. What is the plan? Um, then, then execute on the plan and then review it. And so if it's about planning for retirement or you know the, the special you know birthday that we wanna have somewhere, 50th birthday that we wanna have in Paris or uh, you know, we want to buy that camping trailer, whatever it happens to be. So plan it, do it, and then review how you manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you know, what we're dealing with right now with, with COVID, nobody planned it. But right. as we get on the other side of this, it's really going to be critical to focus on how, as a couple, you managed your money and you managed all your other resources. You know, what did you fight about? What did you not fight about? And what were the coping strategies? Because that's going to create that blueprint that you talked about for healthy relationships and healthy relationships about money. What I love that you said is remembering to review what happened and what you learned from it and to actually make mental note of that. Because when you're paying attention to yourself and how you're growing and learning by you know uh, about your own stuff and then you're paying attention to how you are learning and growing as a couple then you can ultimately eliminate some of this conflict which is exactly what you know gordon and i have done is that we used to have a lot more conflict in the beginning probably you and and uh, your husband would say the same thing but because we did a review of okay we learned this about each other i learned this about myself now I'm going to make this adjustment or that adjustment. Right, yeah, we talk about it in, in um, the, this type of couples therapy that I, that I do is that you are the expert um, in the room about your partner and all the information that you are gathering goes into that playbook for your partner, right? That you are the expert, you know, what are the trigger things that get your partner? You know how to soothe your partner. You know the words that that bring your partner, you know, off the ceiling and back in the room with you. Mm. You know, you know, does your partner need a little bit of space when you have conflict? Or do you want, does your partner want you to get close? So it's really important for us to pay attention. And I oftentimes I'll hear a couple say, um, well, um, you know, I'll need to ask her or him about that. And that's a perfectly legitimate um, uh, strategy. But I also think, you know, we know a lot about each other and it's extremely comforting to have somebody, you know, do an intervention, right? Like if I wanna be close, I don't wanna have to ask my partner to come near all the time. There's something really important in couples developing secure relationships about being known by your partner. And I love what you talked about, right? Just a second ago is that the two of you really worked on getting to know each other and being known creates security. Yes. Being known creates passion. We've got to be able to really recognize that we as couples are not only 
you know, in it to win it, but we're also responsible for helping the other person in our lives, right? That's why we got into partnership in the, in the very beginning. Otherwise, you know, we didn't get married. My husband and I didn't get married until our mid thirties. And, uh, you know, I was doing great. He was doing great. We were professional people. We had our own money, but what we really recognized was it was really nice to have somebody who had, you know, who had my back. Right. It was really nice to know that I could go through the, the world and in, in life with somebody who was really important to me and who, you know, was my person. And so yeah. I had to develop, um, and we do this quite freely and easily in the beginning part of our relationship. Um, I, I track him. I, I, you know, what, what flavor of ice cream is his favorite? What's his favorite dinner? Um, you know, how, what, how does he like to exercise? What, what helps him to relax? You know, my husband is a fly fisherman. He, he relaxes best, um, you know, when he's doing his, you know, casting thing, <laughs> whatever that's all about. But, you know, that's something that I know about him. And so, you know, I think knowing each other is really important and knowing our money styles is really important. You know, the, the idea that I have a history with money, my own personal history. I have a family history, the, the, the history that I grew up with. And one, in, you know, my, my family history informs how I look at money now. It's really helpful mm-hmm. to have, you know, my husband understand what that history is about. And so I always encourage couples, talk about your histories with, the, with each other. Talk about your histories around money. You know, how did your family handle money? How did your parents handle money? Because those things are going to either support you or trigger you, Right. Right. And what I what I have to insert here, because I want our listeners to understand that that what we talked about last week is just because you think it doesn't make it true, nor does it make it relevant to how you are doing your life now as an adult and that right. your your past history with money, the way that your parents raised you and what you think is important. You don't have to keep that. You don't have to um, can, can, you don't have to own it now. You can change it. You can reprogram your consciousness around money. And oh, totally. I think it's really important when we have dreams of something bigger and better than what we have right now, you know, we have to stretch ourselves. We have to learn how to be a different person. And, and I just want everyone to know that it's possible. You're not held into that place unless you decide you are. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I oftentimes will tell couples, it's your responsibility. It is your responsibility to heal from those early age messages if they were not supportive. Or as you're pointing out, you know, you dream a bigger dream than, than you know, your, your family could even have imagined for you, which then means it requires you to develop a new set of skills. You know, even if you had a good uh family uh, history with money. Um, it's important also if you, you've got a, a different life. And so it's very critical. It's, it's your responsibility to create what it is that, that you are living with. And it's also important to be very aware of what has informed you because that's how you then know what the pathway is, you know, out of that faulty thinking. That's the you know, the, the old conclusions that we develop about ourselves, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Those are our responsibility 
to um, move move out of because you know we have big things to do in this world and uh, and we things do. To- and I, I like to ask my clients you know what are you doing now in your life that your parents would be so surprised you know delighted and surprised that you're doing and and that's to help them understand the perspective of how we are we are uh, geared to grow we're geared to become more than our parents and we can embrace it and uh, make it happen, you know, as best we can and, and make it our passion and a purpose, which is what you and I are so lucky that we have, uh, you know, a passion and a purpose in the businesses that we run. Uh, we are serving humanity, women in couples in the way that we want to. And we are in these amazingly supportive and loving and intimate relationships. So we only have a few minutes left. So I want to just give you an opportunity to A, finish what you would like to say to our listeners and then let us all know, let them know how they can get in touch with you. Well, thank you, Teresa. I, I think that this is such an important conversation. And I think, you know, one of the, the main things that I want couples to remember is that we oftentimes avoid having conversations about the hard things or what we think are the hard things. And if we reframe that to having important conversations about the things in our lives, it helps to it helps to shift. Uh, the other thing that I really want to remind people of is, you know, you got into a relationship uh, for a really specific reason, which was to support each other. And uh, that's a really, really important thing to remember. And and I think it's the most important thing to remember as we develop world-class relationships, right? That's what we want. We want, we don't just want average relationships. And so in order to develop that passion, we have to focus on spending time with our partner and, and uh, remembering why we got it in the first place. And dream that dream. I love it. That's so wonderful. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, if you go to my current website, which is MarianneMarlow.com, you will find all of the ways to get in touch with me and stay tuned. On May 15th, we're rolling out my new website at ThisLoveWorks.com. I will be doing a podcast of my own and uh, I oftentimes do retreats and workshops to strengthen couples relationships. And you you work uh, in the um, Seattle area with people face to face, but you also work with clients remotely as well, right? That's right. That's right. And, you know, this is this uh, whole new way of working has expanded uh, how we do couples work. And so the responsibility really is uh, on the couple itself. And so what I teach them to do is to attune to each other. And that's very easy to do remotely and uh, even more delicious in person. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for sharing all of your wisdom and expertise with us today, Marianne. I really appreciate you being here. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening and being part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. I know that you have a lot of podcasts and shows you can listen to. So if you enjoyed yourself today, just share the show with your friends and family. I'm always grateful to Alexis Lieutenant Gregory for my beautiful theme music, my producer, Eric, and the support staff at KKNW 1150 AM. Next week, our guest will be Mary Lee. She's a luxury real estate agent on the Seattle, on Seattle's east side of town. And we're gonna to be discussing how tough times don't last, tough people do. 
and including how she weathered the real estate downturn in 2008 and what she's doing differently in her business as we face an unpredictable future. So I look forward to being with you then. And remember, financial independence is your birthright. With the right education and empowerment and the right financial advice, you can overcome any financial challenge and communicate beautifully about money and create that wealthy life on your terms. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.